I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello. You're listening to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. Wherever you're listening to us, whatever you're doing, on your commute, in a car, a train, or a bus, even walking, at home, in the office, or if you've just popped your earplugs in because you've missed the sound of Jay's sweet soft voice, we hope you're enjoying our little foray into the world of guitars. And remember, if you want more, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Thank you, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast, the world's number one guitar podcast. I am your host, Joe Branton, joined this week by Mark Packham. Upside down and twice on Sunday. Jay Cross. Uh, uh, yeah, hello. And Matthew Knight. I like ice cream. Fantastic. And this week, um, we're going to be covering a load of stuff. We're going to be taking a look in our mail bag at some of the uh, <laughs> at some of the things we've been working with. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sorry, sure that's but every week for the last few weeks, are. I've just laughed at mailbag because I've just... In fact, I'm going to mistype it on our notes right now. I just find it hilarious. Wonderful, great. Okay, we should call it something different. You wouldn't call it. Would you call it a mailbag in the post office in the UK? No, I mean, I I think if I'd have had the choice, I'd have turned this postal sack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mark named it, didn't he? Well, I was yeah, in I was... Sweden the other the other day, sure. and they couldn't get their head around the term mail order. They were like, "That doesn't make any sense." Well, yeah, but they like used to translation. They were like, Ma- "Mail order makes no sense. Why would you order mail?" Well, well no, you order and then mail comes. What do they call it? Well, no, it used to um, it used to be that you would mail in your order. Yeah, that's why yeah. it's mail order. You would fill out a form that was in the back of a magazine or whatever, and that's how you'd place your order in the mail. So it makes sense. Yeah, please yeah. tell us more but about what happens in guitar shops in in nineteen ninety. Sure, I mean you know that's when I worked <laughs> worked in the business a long time. Industry veteran, I think is the uh, that's what I need to start here's, calling here's myself. Another one for Mark, you. how 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 did life change when uh, Boss introduced the first uh, guitar pedal? How did how did life change? What year was that, Matty? The um, the TU two. The first one, the first one that Mark paid. No, no, no. But what what was it? Ninety ninety six, ninety eight. 97. 97. Yeah, I wasn't quite in the shops by then, but... The TU2 wow, how was... about that? The TU2 was the catalyst that boosted the guitar industry to a point where Mark Packham was uh, could employ able me. to bring it brought in, yeah. I know, it's more just that I was 13 in 1997, <laughs> so... I'd really tried to like do like a clean intro here. I was going to, like, my plan was... For new listeners, for for people, Joe, there's n- there's we don't no even, we don't listeners. even have any old listeners, let alone new my, listeners. My plan was to sort of for people who haven't listened before to maybe explain what the podcast was for just the first like thirty seconds. No, that's need. what I was going. What do you for. mean? The f- Mate, it matter. No, it's, nobody it new matter. listens to this. It's it like it's now. like it's it's like how okay, so uh, we're we're like two thirds of the way through the football season at the moment, and I've been, this year I've been really into fantasy football. I've been into it a lot over the last few years, but this year I'm uh-huh. really into it. And um, 
most of the team there's like five million teams right. in the game right. and a lot of them are dead teams because people have just given, given up. up and that's i think what happens with most of the people listening to like, <laughs> it's just people downloaded it at one point or another and yeah. it's just they're just it's just downloading yeah. all the time no one's yeah. listening no we're no, talking to ourselves right. i'm trying to get into baseball at the moment i'm picking a team um, you should go with the Philadelphia Phillies. Yes, yes, that's what that's what Maddie said to me. But they I... just signed Bryce Harper, who is um, like the Cristiano Ronaldo Ooh. of the uh, of the baseballs. That sounds awful. Yeah, I, don't... I just in terms of like he's the big name. I think I'm going to go for the New York Mets. Don't don't who, go who with does, the. Who, what are you doing the Mets for? Who does, who does well, Michael because Jackson not... play for? Not Michael Jackson. Michael <laughs> <Jordan>. <laughs> Probably not a good time to bring that up. <laughs> One of the Michaels. Michael Jordan. Yeah, I think that's what you meant, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, he uh, <laughs> Chicago Bulls, mate. No, he was he was a baseball player for a bit. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, he, he was, was afterwards. He was, he was he afterwards. Was. Good lord. Was. Oh, mate, you uh, need yeah. to get some sleep. I tell you what, we definitely don't have any listeners anymore. Bloody hell! Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds <laughs> podcast, the world's number one, the world's number two guitar podcast. I would have thought by now. Okay, anyway, so moving on to some uh, some guitar topics, very very <laughs> quickly. Matt, you're uh, you're just back from. <laughs> From Sweden, where you went for something, something like a week to go round loads of uh, loads a of week. The... I don't a know. Week? Well, it was a week. I went for forty hours. Oh right. <laughs> How many? I, I literally landed, went to five guitar shops, had two meetings, and left. Um, you went to five. So getting... that was my question. You went to five guitar shops. Yes, I did. Um, most I went to um, deluxe music, some four sound stores. Four sounds like some. Crazy massive um, chain of guitar stores in Sweden or in Scandinavia. They have thirty-five stores, um, but much more spread out than they are, than they would be in England because the whole of Scandinavia is massive and obviously covers several countries. Um, but I went to a really cool new store in Stockholm called These Go to Eleven, uh, which is a pedal-only guitar store, and they did things exactly the way that i would do a store if i was going to open a guitar store which was have lots of pedals laid out by effects type rather than by brand which made so much more sense um and then just have a few cool amps for people to play out on and a few cool guitars as well but they did a load of cool boutique stuff they had some really cool uh spring tanks from a company called surfy bear they were basically like full-size spring tanks for your guitar amp, which I guess in a way they've probably gone, oh, now that uh, Anasound have got these ones that like mount your pedal board, it sort of makes ours a little bit redundant, really. And what was the, um, what was the brand name? Surfy Bear. And was, were, um, I've not heard of Surfy Bear before. What, what, what was their country of origin? Like, were, were there uh, any I, I, Scandinavian pedals that we're not sort of seeing over in sort of the UK or the US market? Um, there was one company, and I, I, to be honest, I forgot the name, that were literally making um, attenuators. But, but mo- most of the stuff in there was stuff that we kind of, you sort of already, you already see. But it was just so cool to see them all as the main focal point of a shop rather than the cabinet in the corner and then a whole bunch of guitars and amps. It was like wall-to-wall uh, custom designed glass cabinets with everything laid out by yeah by effect type so it's like oh you want to have a look at reverb here's a whole cabinet just full of reverb pedals that's great so it wasn't it wasn't just like here's all the chase bliss pedals here's all the boss pedals here's all the you know dan electro pedals whatever it was everything was laid out by type so it's like right i'm looking for a fuzz pedal okay here's a hundred fuzz pedals that's really cool um, and i do find like in a normal guitar shop often pedals um whilst the guitar i mean i'm, I'm pretty much just speaking about gack here but whilst gack sells every you know lo- lo- loads of brands you only get a handful of actually on display pedals and and pedals tend to be in most guitar shops sort of shoved away in the corner it's really cool that you've got somewhere where everything's just all all there to try. It was yeah. like that when I... And, Go on, sorry, Matty. I was going to say, they also had an entire wall of barefoot buttons. Um, like, I think about 60 different bare, barefoot buttons. How weird. Like, wow, usually you'd have like... A, they had a tiny string display and then just loads of barefoot buttons and then just a bunch of uh, cables. And I, the way they demoed all the pedals as well to keep them nice and neat off the floor, they'd made these like custom little 
demo boxes that kind of went on the floor that stopped them from actually like going around on their wooden floor. So they like put them in their own little basket and then like plugged them in. Weird. Um, um, yeah, it was it was kind of weird, but it was it was just like a nice store. They had a few guitars in there, and they did have a few amps, but like real high end amps. They were like, right, if you want, and they were all pedal platform amps. It wasn't like here's this like three channel, hundred and fifty watt diesel. It's like here's this one channel single volume like mad professor amp that does nothing but take pedals so just um, um doing a bit of reading on surfy industries which is the company that makes the surfy bear um they do th- well four products so they do the surfy uh vibe pedal well they do a few different products actually but in, just in the stuff that's pre-built they do surfy vibe which is a pedal the surfy trem which is a pedal then they do what sort of pedals are they well they're vibe and trem oh, okay. um and then they do two different versions of the Surfy Bear reverb tank. The first one being metal, which is a metal box that goes on the floor um, that's just got an on-off, volume tone, mixer, and dwell controls. Um, and they then also do the Surfy Bear as the reverb tank classic, which is the same thing, box that goes on the floor, um, but you only get three controls, tone, mixer, and dwell. Um, and it's Tolexed. So it looks Ooh, like nice. It looks like, like a Tolex cool. pedal. It looks like looking at the top of like a Blues Junior or something. Um, it's got like Fender controls, but they do a few different options. You get a blonde Tolex, brown Tolex, or black oh, Tolex. That's what I like. That's yeah. great. That sounds awesome. What was that that's pedal company like. that made the pedals look like the 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 volume control bits on a Strat? Oh yeah, I can't remember what they were called. But Copper Sound. Yeah, it was Copper Sound, wasn't yeah. it? Oh. This um, the Strat and the Telly one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the Surfy Industries website is really good. Surfyindustries.com. If you go on there to the Surfy Bear, it shows you basically exactly what it is. It's just a big reverb tank. Shows you the springs. Um, yeah, it looks neat. I tell yeah. you what I like about the Surfy Bear over the um, the other one, the classic, <clears throat> is you've got, um, as well as having the controls and the foot switch on the unit, you've also got the option to put a... another foot switch in so presumably if you don't want to have this on the floor if you just want to have it on top of your amp and then have a a single button foot switch that's cool that leads to it so you have that by i assume that's what that's for that that would make sense to me it's weird that that's not on the classics you think the classics would be more suited sitting on top of the amp i also think that the the classic is probably you know a shower and this one here is is a goer is a goer yeah yeah. i like it (laughs) is that is that going to be like our new sort of make gooder a thing what a shower or a goer? No. Oh, okay. No. no. It's like um, form or function. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're definitely... We're, we're, wait, which one do we like? I don't uh, think we like either, do we? I like a goer. It depends I've got if say. it's shell pink or not, to be honest. <laughs> That's true, yeah. 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 I mean, it yeah. doesn't really matter, let's be honest. I like a pink goer. So uh, <laughs> so this this weekend, I was um, I, I went to a, a, a studio all weekend um, with, with my band, and... A bottle of whiskey and a bottle of coffee tequila. So the coffee sun- tequila. Yes, it's That's lovely. Oh, it's wonderful. But the Sunday was was not very productive. But we we were trying to write this new uh, this new twenty minute single. Uh, but we took loads of gear and anyway, uh, as in equipment with us. We took loads of equipment with us. Is sure. what I mean. We we, we, we he we, set himself up for his no, own I joke. I know. I, I, did, I know. I, did, I, know. I, did, I know. As soon as because he, he said we took loads of gear and then looked up at us and neither Mark no, or I were like. No, I did, I did not. That we were both rolling our eyes and he was like, I'm "Oh, not. I'm gonna have to go." At, like, in fact, he actually just clean he actually did all of that and then edited it out. Yeah, yeah. great. That's great. what happened. Anyway. Um, we we bought loads of equipment, <laughs> but the uh, gear. <laughs> oh, you're so yeah. So um, so we were um, we were trying for the first time to use a completely helix-based setup, but I was trying to do it a little bit differently. So we were I was setting up stuff for our guitarist who's using two katanas, but what we did was run the the um, ex- the the normal quarter inch jack out from the helix into the effects return on the katana, which of course you can do, turning the katana into just a power amp, and then just choosing not choosing a cab setting from the helix, but choosing just an amp head setting. But you can also um, create a second path on the helix, and then I found if you if I assigned the out on the second path to the send on the helix, 
then you turn the send into a normal output. So I could then apply an, an amp to that and send the send to the effects return on the second katana. Oh, okay. Which was great. So I could have, I could set him cool, up that's... so he had. Okay. I could set him up so he had two amps, but I could turn his katanas into, and what we ended up doing was turning his two katanas into a an AC30 and a plexi. Okay. And uh, and giving him sort of a dual rig from that, so it was like a clean and a drive amp, and then and then you know you can assign a, a foot switch to second to um, to permanently ABY on that second amp and apply like drives to the amp but now of course because which is what he would do conventionally with a normal aby but because you've now got the helix and you've got that second path i can say well when he's on this clean sound i don't just want the second amplifier to be off which it would normally be if if it's not a big drive sound i can now say well let's turn that second amp into a a jazz chorus and we'll you know yeah. we'll pop a load of vibrato or a leslie on the front end of that or we were doing things like um uh, making the second amp a, com- a completely wet, like reverb amp, and then uh, apply, uh, adding the making the foot switch a volume pedal for it, so he can play normally on the top and then just swell in this sort of ambient verb completely cleanly on the second amp. But man, I had a lot of fun. It was really, really good. How much songwriting do you get done? We we did we 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 did a lot to no, be honest. No, we didn't. I, wouldn't. I mean, we spent eight hours setting up the pedals. And, you know, there was no time for well, something. We, we had spent the weekend before messing around with the helix as well. But one thing we did find is that because there is so much to the helix, um, actually, when it came to recording, we switched back to his normal pedal board <laughs> because be, because we we couldn't out of the box make the helix sound as good as a pair of katanas um and and a full tone ocd yeah. <laughs> i love it you just went for two yeah no, we just no, went no. two basic amps but and i'm sure you can a, a drive pedal I'm, I'm sure we can make no, that helix it's sound in great. The background. i'm sure we can make that helix sound great but the but but we couldn't in the time restraints of like having to actually play some music you know it's it's the sort of thing it was like and and at that point and it's really raised a question for me because i'm obviously i'm so excited about now i kind of understand the helix i'm so excited about all the options all the doors it opens all the different things i can do with that helix but at the same time if it's taking me you know what and it's like well we can make the helix sound good we've just got to work out what drives and amps we blend together and eq parameters we set up to make the helix sound as good as two 200 pound <laughs> amplifiers so how come you were going out of the send on the helix rather than the second amp out or because I... I wouldn't be able to treat that independently so on the helix i can only uh i can, can you only not split the outputs maybe uh, i can work out how to so when you when <laughs> gt 1000 mate when you uh, when you cho- <laughs> when you choose the when you're selecting where you're sending the output, um, you're you're only presented with the left and right as like it's are you sending them to the left and right, uh, or you know, um, or are you sending it somewhere else? Yeah, so so it wasn't like, I, like I didn't have a choice, there, so I had. To <laughs> I'm sure you you probably can. It's just I th- I thought it was much you easier. Must be able. That would be crazy if you if you couldn't. Oh, I'm sure that. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can pan them. In fact, I've seen a couple of videos of other people setting up a a hard pan. But I just thought I actually, it was um, I thought it was easier rather than setting up this extra because you set up a pan. It's like adding an extra pedal you know to it and i was like oh or i can just send it to this like i didn't need the send on the helix for anything and it was it was a bit more convenient to to set it up that way yes yeah, so i was watching a um a video this morning with um the guitarist josh smith who was talking about his new pedal board where he's using an hx stomp in conjunction with his eventide h9 all right because well, um, well, it's all he- midi so he, well he's only using it for effects so he's using it like an m5 right but obviously, you can run six effects blocks on the HX DOMs yeah. at once. You just can't. And I was like, you just can't s- select them live. That's my only problem with the. Yeah, with the stomp. That... like you can't flick around. You'd need to use your hand to to change sounds. Yeah, so I mean, I thought, but I guess if you're just setting presets up, perhaps just switching in presets via a MIDI PC message yeah. might be okay. But um, I guess that's the thing with all of these. Like for me, and I guess for for you guys. With a katana, you kind of really just want 
the effects mainly. Yeah, I mean, well, to, yeah, I guess that that certainly is true. I could just run into the front end. We may well, you know, just run into the front end of the katanas. What was so appealing and what I really loved and what really excited me about it was the, you know, being able to say, well, especially with this, with Tim running two amps, I was like, well, at, at this point, you know, it can be, we can have two orange AD30s going and, and then for this next section of the song, I'm literally going to change it to an AC15 and a, you know, a, a and a Marshall JCM, I love that. I love. But that in the end, you just went back for two katanas but, but and here's the thing. His and there was the thing. And I'm always trying to be like the good thing about Tim is he knows nothing about equipment. And of course, I'm always, always going to pick something based on the prestige of that piece of gear. I can't help but get suckered in by that. So it was really good to have him as a leveler because I'm sort of being like, yeah, this is fantastic. And when it came to the recording, Tim was like, I'm gonna get my old pedal board out and just plug that in because it sounds better and he's very much like i'm sure we can get something but then since then i've been thinking like man you know is that is that good enough should you be hunting for something and actually i'm not even suggesting that the helix is a bad piece of equipment i'm saying it's a very clean piece of equipment but and is, for is sort of always... sloppy rocky bands i just don't know if it i don't know if it does that is, I mean, is he only using the one channel on the katana? Would it not make sense to run it like four cable method or eight cable method? So run two katanas, two effects loops, and then you can you, no, you've lost me. Effects. <laughs> I love that you're giving it the big one about yeah. I spent all this time doing it. As soon as Matt mentions an alternative method, you're like, I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Explain what you're talking about. So four cable method, where you effectively insert the amps preamp into into the helix. So it becomes like the, the an effects block. Right. So you can run stuff into the front of the amp or you can run stuff after the amp's preamp. Yeah. So if he's using the gain channels on the katana, then you can still run delays and reverbs without getting them really messy. Right. Um, but because the Helix has two sets of stereo effects loops, you can effectively run the four cable method twice, one on one on each amp. So you can still have super clean delays and stuff if you're using high gain settings on the katana but then you can also use all your other effects in the front end as well yeah I mean, it's a much more complicated setup well but it's the, the kind of thing that like rabia would do in like yeah, and, well and actually like that would two. be that would be the fundamental difference between sort of tosca's version of prog and, and ours is that his is very clean and precise and computery and ours is very 70s and it's old. Giving it the big one. Oh, we actually do. <laughs> ours is some more vintage style, actually. More vintage you, style of frog. So, so. Anyway, using the, two katanas. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But, you know, we're trying to make it sound old at least. A- anyway, I was I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the same thing. So I brought the uh, the HX effects um, for, for bass. <coughs> Ended up playing through two katanas and a <laughs> Boss ODB3. I, I couldn't find a drive on the HX effects that really worked on bass that didn't like just cut out a load of my low end like couldn't couldn't find anything on there so um i ended up uh just using um a an electric mistress wait for drive yeah for drive because you can drive the old ones the guy whose studio it was had had one of them so i just had like a really flangey drive sound and it was absolutely awesome so now all I want is an electric mistress. Well, here's the thing. So I had two. He had a newer one and an old one. So I had a newer one on all the time. Just like... Which is a standard like Neo electric mistress. Uh, I don't think it was Neo. It was like one of the big box ones. Uh, the, the big yeah. ones. So one of the 2000s reissue ones. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I had one of those on really low. So it was just like a bit of like warbly tape sort of thing, which now I never want to turn off. I always want flanger on on everything so my clean sound was flanger and then my drive sound we've been saying that we've been saying that since the deco came out that it's like that kind of like warble tape sound yeah yeah it's like it's just the electric mistress sounds better than a deco well the deco probably sounds pretty good (laughs) (laughs) i mean but when's it gonna end like we because we we talked about that when it came out using it as a delay as sorry as a drive pedal yeah as a drive like as just as a make gooder which is essentially what you're using the yeah Electric Mistress. But now all I care about is Flanger. Right, okay, good. (laughs) It's the best effect. Okay, good. I've never heard anyone else ever say that, particularly bass players. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one's ever gone essential effect for bass. Flanger. <laughs> that's that's right. Really that's right. It really accentuates that, that, you know, flanger, that, that effect that's well known for its rumbling lows. You know? <laughs> <laughs> really need that flanger. <laughs> anyway, we should, uh, we should move on and, uh, and see what is in the guitar nerds big hairy mailbag. Mailbag. That's disgusting. Yeah, I know. Don't ever do that again. I'm sorry. Okay, so first of all... I was talking all... about the jingle. Oh, right. I see. I'm sorry. I, I do apologise. I'll adjust it. I'll, I'll cut out the the version that you did where you sang it last week. Mailbag! No, he went... He, he did sort of like a... Mailbag! Mailbag! But I'm going to... Did I? Yeah. I don't did. remember that. No, I do. I edited it. Oh, like, good. I'm trying to make a little cuts of all my favourite things. Can you put it through sound? like superior auto tune? So mm, it's like I can. Well, well, well. I, I absolutely can do that. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, first up, we um, we spoke about them. Uh, we spoke about them a couple of weeks ago, and, and I think we did mention last week that we got a load of stuff sent through. So we're going to go through the things that we've had. So hot tone and uh, and also uh, valaton valaton. Yes, Valaton. Valaton. Let's go with Valaton. Uh, Valaton. No, Valaton. I, I prefer Valaton. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. Anyway, they sent us a handful of things, and we've checked them out. We brought some uh, over to Jay's last week, so we all had a listen, except I'm sh- for Matt. I'm sure we talked about them a bit last week. We we did because we, we talked about not being able to properly try the Ampiro, and we talked about the MDR last week. Because those are the ones that we tried last week. Actually, we, 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 we left the MDR. We said that we would uh, we, we'd talk about it with everything else. Oh, so we okay, just, fine. We, we, we didn't really go into any details on, on, okay. on what it had on there. We well, talked about it loads before the podcast, but the actual recording we didn't go into. So, I've, first of all, the, the hot tone, the Ampiro. Um, I took that home last you week. You took that home. So, Give I had a bit of test. a... We, we all had a bit of a look at it last week, but you've had some time on it. And well, I also did the week before. So, the key thing was uh, last week that we didn't have enough time to basically turn the amp models off. And none of us wanted to sit here with the others in the room with headphones on listening to it. Because yeah, um, we were we were running it into the front of Jay's print. And it sounded bad because obviously it had the amp modelling on and we none of us could be bothered to figure out how to do it. So, I took it home and spent some time with it yesterday uh, on headphones. Um, and... I was pleasantly surprised. I have to admit, the surprisingly, the amp like the drives sound good, which is always my problem with cheap multi. Well, not cheap multi effects. This is what three hundred and fifty quid. Yeah. Like um, and for those who don't know, it's kind of going after a Helixy, you know, GT one thousand kind it's of very well presented. Yeah, it's great. It, we again, we did talk about it a bit last week. It's fully touch screen. It's color screen. So it's all very, very clear as to what's going on. Very easy to edit patches. More so, I would say, than some of the other things I've tried in the same uh, realm. Um, the the amps sound great. The amps sound really good. The um, different amps, different cabs. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by how well they drive. Um, one thing that I didn't like, I, I didn't like the drive pedals that were in there particularly. Right. Didn't think a lot of them sounded particularly convincing. They tend to be multi-effects, and this applies to sort of Helix and Headrush and everything else. They they always tend to be very hot, all, all the drives. Like, there's never anything um, traditional or transparent. Yeah, but you could kind of get that from the amp models that were in there, and that's how yeah. I ended up using it. When I was using it yesterday, I just didn't have any drive pedals on. I had was getting the drive just from the amp model. Um, one thing that was surprising is that the I didn't think the modulations were great, which right. is something that I normally don't have a problem with on multi-effect stuff because they're usually fine. It's normally only drives where they fall down. Yeah. Um, but there's lots to there's lots to shout about uh, in terms of stuff that's good. The delays and reverb sound really nice. You can go crazy. You can do shimmery stuff. You can do mad atmospheric things um the ease of editing like i said is fantastic uh the overall kind of package you know like it's metal box the um firstly the display is good but also all the pedals light up themselves all the switches light up um and, and they're, they're colored as well they like, are yeah they, so you have different sort of exactly exactly that so you know what type of effect you're turning on and off overall i think for 350 quid it, you know it's tiny if you wanted something that you could put into a gig bag and get Basically everything that a Helix or um, or you know the GT one thousand does, but certainly not to that standard. Um, and you wanted something you could just slip into the front pocket of a gig bag. It's a very good option, um, but there are certainly some shortcomings when it comes to some of the effects. Right. The amp models, like I said, sounded great. So if you wanted something just to go straight into a PA, if your amp fails 
and you want it to do a few other things as well, it's ideal. Great little product. Is, has it got XLR outs or is it just... Um, I don't know. Joe, Joe's got it right there. I can't remember whether it's got XLR outs or not or whether it's just Jack. Yes, there's XLR. He says yes, there's XLR. Oh, cool. Yes, you've got left and right XLR, left and right jack. Um, One thing that did annoy me is only a mini jack for the headphones, which I always find annoying. What's wrong with that? Well, All the headphones that we're using right now are mini jack. uh, These aren't. Oh. These are actually good headphones, that's why. Ah. So studio quality headphones generally have the uh, large jack, the quarter inch. So I was expecting the Ampero to have that, and it did not. Did you did you have any headphones that you? I just use? found an adapter. It was fine. It was not oh. too much of a problem. Right. But you know, so, you know. so you did. You were okay. It was fine. Right, but good. overall, great little product. Um, and yeah, excited to see what they do next. It, you know, if they were to do something bigger, might be interesting. Um, yeah, because that's certainly what Moore have done. Yeah, isn't it? When they've moved to the the G E G E G three G E three hundred. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, certainly what Moore's done. It'd be interesting to see, because that is the one thing that I dislike about these smaller, these compact versions of these sort of complete amp and effects solutions, is if you're just banking. I'd rather be able to I'd rather be able to like select a patch rather than just constantly bank. Yes. Yeah. Um one thing that it did make me think of was like how much you're getting for the three hundred and fifty quid. You know, like back in the day, remember when you'd get like a Zoom GFX six or whatever, yeah, and that would be like three hundred and fifty quid, and it would sound pretty bad, to be honest. That's the thing, you know. There's there's so much competition in this space, but you know, think how far we've moved on from that. And if you're thinking like, oh, I'd never get a multi effects because multi effects sound bad, they kind of don't anymore, and you don't have yeah. to spend yeah. mega money. They sound really good, and I that's think- even more evident in the other stuff that we're going to talk about right now. I think. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? The sounds. I've got way better because processing has got way better. Well, and just cheap coding. Well. Yeah, it's it's just more how they how what the interactions like and how they feel really, isn't it? Because you know Kemper has proven that you can get a great sound all digital. I think what's becoming more difficult is the blurred line between what three hundred and fifty pounds gets you and like fifteen hundred quid. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And also on the other end, you know, let's, I, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but we also got this stuff from Valaton or Valton. Yeah. Van, um, and some of the stuff is doing a, a pretty similar j- job. Well, yeah. The, uh, so the one that stood out for me is the one that we tried today, which is the Valaton Dapper Indie. Yes. Um, so the Dapper is their like fly rig range. Yeah. Um, and the Indie, as the name suggests, is built for kind of indie guitarists as it were so the the dapper range basically you get different kind of flavors of fly rig um and on the indie you have got indie drive fuzz wall liquid effects echoes and ambient so what that effectively works out as is like indie drive is almost like a kind of transparent overdrive like. yeah we we found it was quite i thought it worked really nicely at low levels of gain definitely definitely um fuzz wall which is a fuzz obviously a uh, super like traddy sort of hendrixy yeah but you could really like push it as well um and then so liquid effects is your modulation so you've got chorus flanger tremolo to switch uh, between phaser and tremolo sorry chorus phaser. phaser and tremolo which you can switch between uh the we e- liked the tremolo the tremolo was tremolo, especially tremolo good. sounded really good echoes you've got uh, analog echo tape delay or reverse which is cool that's like a nice weird mix it's so often people yeah. are like here's digital here's analog it's yeah like, yeah and but, then on on the ambient side that's your reverb so you've got room hall and play um, Although they get quite crazy, room hall and plate sounds like they're going to be normal. But there's loads of scope now. This, when when I was reading the write up of this pedal, because I got really the wrong end of the stick. When people say indie, I think of you know the kooks and that, but the, they mean like shoegazy. Because yeah. the, yeah. the idea of this is that it's got uh, you know it's got loads of scope to make weird, heavily modulated, very delay heavy and reverby you know fuzz tones it's great it's it's amazing like the amount of of weirdness you can get out of this relatively functional um, i think the only the only thing it's missing is is an external in out halfway through after the after the fuzz just because if someone's got one and you there's just one particular pedal you can't live without you can't insert it after the drives or before the 
I think you would just have to, you just have to true. put it at the end. Like, but these yeah. are, these are so designed to be fly rigs, aren't they? They're, I know, but it's, to be it's, those... it's like two jacks. Do you know what I mean? But they're, they're, like... they're also these things are not a huge amount of money. They're one hundred and twenty nine quid, so <laughs> ridiculously cheap for a complete solution. And there's quite a lot. Like you, you see, fly rigs. Fly rigs generally consist of like three to four effects. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate this is only one more but it's still, yeah. it's still this is every effect i want to try the dapper dark which is the metal the version metal version you definitely don't boost <laughs> high gain drive have you tried it no of course i haven't um so it's got boost high gain drive uh chorus and delay so it's basically matty what was that what's the boss pedal that's got the chorus and delay the metal one digital metalizer oh the digital metalizer yeah it's uh- I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Basically, classic. the digital metalizer, but with five on-off switches instead. Well, I, t- I tell you what, Matt, as you know, you were saying that what, what if you have that one pedal you can't live without? That, that one pedal is probably going to be uh, like a really good drive. Um, and that's where Valentin have also got you covered because they we, we also got the MDR, which is their modulation delay reverb. So it's just those three effects and then again it has like you're you're choosing between a selection of modulation they had all the modulations on there um and then you know a handful of different delays and a handful of different reverbs which is again much more suited if you have like one drive pedal that you definitely want to bring along and then you can just throw these things in afterwards which are especially good if you don't use a lot of modulation delay or reverb and you just want something that's going to be one solution and in a really small um, pedal format again like these are they're functional they're definitely functional yeah. effects they're not going to blow you away but if you use a touch of these of of the in the case of the modulation the mdr if you're just using those a little bit and and they're not sort of something you rely on a lot it's a it's a hundred pound unit and it sounded great and it's a it, it, you know it fits in the front of your gig bag it's super can small i, I think I-, I think the thing where where these kind of will find their niche is you know how back in the day when we were doing the GAC podcast people always used to say what's the like what's what's the alternative to an M5 and there kind of wasn't an alternative to a Line 6 M5 in terms of nothing that sounded as good and for that money it's kind yeah. of what where these sit these yeah. you know because it's it's not like Gone. I was going to say these do a slightly different job because they can do more than one sound at once, and that was always the yeah, thing with yeah. The M5. I suppose so. I suppose so. M5 yeah. was good because it was loads of different effects. Yeah, but it could only do one. It could only do one at once. Well, yeah. you, you could always plug a MIDI switch into the M5. Uh, yeah, but you can't have more than one of the processes. Oh no, I see what you're saying. You can't have more than one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. sorry, sorry. Well, the thing, personally, I think these are built for someone who's like, oh, I've got a huge pedal board and I've got you know a, a twin or whatever, and but I've got to go to a gig on the train or I've got to go yeah. to, to do yeah, a, yeah, yeah. do a quick session or not a session go and do a quick afternoon gig um but I've got to take the tube there um this would be great because you just pop this in the gig bag and it will do everything that your pedal board is doing it won't do it as well no. but it's 129 quid and it will literally go in the front pocket of the gig bag so. I, I just think it's it's always worth having a also also just having a backup do you know what I mean like Absolutely. just just having it in the in in the like you say just having it with you and just something like that yeah um, the the Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm just spending a bit of time on the Valaton website while we're talking about it. And they make a product which is basically the Vox Amplug. Um, right. But it looks like maybe even has a tuner built in as well. Um, so I think it's supposed to be called the Rush Head, but it's only got one H. So it's either Rush Head or Rush Head. Yeah. Get yourself one of them bloody Rush Heads. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they've absolute got... Absolute Rush Head, mate. Absolute Rush Head. Or is it Russ Head? Maybe it's, it's a signature Russ, model yeah, from yeah. Mr. Russ Head. Um, yeah, they've got some... Russell Head. <laughs> Mr. Russell Head. Uh, they've got a ton of weird stuff on there. Um, yeah, the one of the other pedals uh, that we got through uh, was the, the Dapper Looper Mini. 
Now, this is this comes in like their fly rig format, which isn't an especial advantage over a normal looper, because of course, you know, most loopers come in a single pedal format anyway. But what I like about it is it gives you uh, three. Now, listen, you know, like what I mean by like a fly rig format, where it's like where it's really slim and and long, um, and uh, and because it has like three individual <laughs> foot. <laughs> oh, Jay Cross! No, 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 no nothing. <laughs> And because it has three separate um, pedals that are separated into the record, play, the stop, and and a phrase switch. You don't even know what that don't does. Don't know what that does. <laughs> what does that do? I You're assume about to the talk fra- about the benefits, I, and you literally don't even. I know assume what the phrase switch will be you just like you can have something pre-recorded in it. Yeah. Kick it in like a sampler, basically. Ooh, I'm not handy. sure it is that. I think it will be like more it like. Let me have a look. Let me why have a look. Why don't you... No, that is, it's, it's got eight saveable loop memories. Oh, look at right. that. Isn't okay. that weird? Fine. Isn't that weird? It's almost like um, I know what I'm talking about. Uh, do you know what I thought it might be? I thought it might be like on the DL4 where you could do half time, uh, double time, Total or clips. reverse. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm amazed they ha- they had didn't do that because that is still where the DL4 reigns king is that it's got that real si- simple looping function that allows you to do half speed reverse. The um, super quick. the the Ditto X2 has that. Yes, but the Ditto X2 doesn't go over four buttons, so oh, it's still true. not as easy because you have to choose between the second button being stop or half speed and reverse, which is super <laughs> annoying. Um, I'm surprised Line 6 haven't just gone, we should put a looper. I guess the thing is, DL4, how much is DL4 now? 199? Yeah, they're always like 200 and something quid. So you know, so you might as well just buy a DL4. I guess just <laughs> yeah. they're absolutely massive, and they run on the world's most ridiculous power supply. Yeah, yeah. Um, PX2 but... crew. Actually, I don't. Actually, it might have changed from a PX2. No, you now. can use. Um, you can use just a one spot. That's right. DL4. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Because uh, yeah. they're, they're twelve hundred milliamps. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was why the, you couldn't use a uh, the Boss PSA two forty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you could use a you could use a one spot. Yeah, right. We we actually we have some other stuff in the in the mailbag, but I feel that we should maybe move on to some some news now. There's loads of news. There, well, there, there's not that there's not that much news, but we, we're going to move on to some news. Here's the news. News. First up, um, Mark. I Hello. Think this is this is slightly this is slightly old news this was certainly circulated in our facebook group maybe over a week ago but we de- we have to give this some we talked time. about it like we talked about it on the, on patreon last week oh, very we briefly about it on patreon briefly we, we definitely deserve some main episode airtime fender have released a limited edition is it limited edition? yeah it's fsr, FSR. Yeah. so FSR. um fender good baja telly good shell pink good all the things have come together I mean, not that Fender and Baja Telly were ever split up in the first place, but they've now added to the uh, the ingredients list of making the best guitar of all time the shell pink finish. Oh, it's very, very good. It's really good. So, uh, yeah, there's. I mean, there's not really that much to report here apart from... They ruined it with a black scratch No, plate. it looks way better. No, I agree. I, I, it's, I, I, no It's all way. about the black a guard. Mint, a mint plate on no, no, shell pink cream. guitar. Oh, yeah, cream. Cream. You cream. guys are so weird. Like it's a blackguard telly, oh, That's... but it's pink. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it doesn't have to be this time. It's a pink one. Yeah, but they why? Should... Why would you want it to? It's so we, weird. You want to make it very good, so they should have done it on the sixties, not the fifties. So you got the white binding and a rosewood neck, no, and then no, it no, would have no. been listen, great. Listen, Joe. The thing you've got to bear in mind when you're saying uh-huh. they, I'm sat right in front of you. Like <laughs> I came up with this guitar, which is why it's which is why it's Europe exclusive. You're wearing a shell pink jumper. I am wearing a pink jumper. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and and so because when we were specking up this guitar, I was like, "Well, I quite want one of these." That's why we went with the black guard. Oh, um, and of course, you'd go fifties rather than sixties. Well, you would. The fifties is a the fifties is a better guitar. The sixties uh-huh. Baja doesn't exist to me. It uh, never has the existed. The fifties is a better guitar. Right. Uh, uh, it needs a solid rosewood neck. That's what it needs. No, I mean, that would be that would be great. That that's be a sixties. Cool. So that's okay. So, so that's okay. Is it so, solid rosewood? Yeah. What it comes down to right. is, I'm buying one of these because um, I've been wanting to buy half for a long time. I've just sold a guitar that I made a bit of money on, and uh, I'm going to buy one of these, and it's going to be wicked. And you're all going to be jealous because there's a limited number. And uh, do you want me to sign it for you? No, because I 
yeah, I'll, I'll sign it for you. It's fine. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have one and you're not. So, kiss my face. No. I think you should put an anodized gold plate on it, actually. No. See, so, <laughs> so, What's wrong with you guys? Matty, so I've been... I've, this is something that we've been talking about a bit um, offline, but I am, I'm getting really close to getting a, to putting an order, an order for a custom, a custom shop. shop. Yeah, I think a 59p base. Yeah. And I'm going to get shell pink, and I'm thinking anodized gold plate. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, the more I see, the more I see gold yeah. and pink, the yeah. more I just think it's just mugs. It's, it's great. Yeah, I mean, I think, the thing yeah, is, mugs. Cream, cream and pink is the best combination. No, I have three pink guitars, two of which have cream hardware, and it is the cream hardware. Best. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, I put I put a I, I put a cream bridge on it. Um, <laughs> Um, but that that Charvel, just with all like the the um, like the cream, well, sort of off white pickups. But the Les Paul is is cream and it looks way better. And it's got a black back. I don't like that. The black and pink don't work. Yeah, black uh, and pink black, does work. Black at Matt. Think about Bret Hart. Yeah, pink and black. Oh, for goodness sake! The best two colours. The best this, wrestler this of all is, time. This is such, is now the best guitar. This is of an all excellent time. precursor for how how bad and how heated the Balaguer co-op build yes. guitar podcast is uh, I mean it's going to be pink be. and black so it's going to be pink and cream mate no no oh. anyway so Lake Placid to, Orange to sum it up <laughs> <laughs> Lake Placid Orange so to sum it up Baja Telly Shell Pink it's the best I'm going to get one I'm going to be the best you guys are all losers and do one Matt Knight talk to me about these new Frederick Effects pedals in the best looking pedal chassis I have ever seen yeah, so we actually saw these, or we saw a very early version at the, and I always forget the name. Kenton, get, get the, the, name the London International Guitar Show. The one the one in London that's sort of in the south of London. Um, and we spoke to the chap, I unfortunately forget his name, um, and he had the fuzz, the Dresden synth fuzz Mark II there in this kind of wedged shape um, effects pedal chassis. Tig sort of his reminds name is me. Tim. His name is Tim. It reminds me of another pedal company that did a very, very similar shape, and the name I forget. Uh, but it's not the first Jim time that... Dunlop. Jim. It actually looks like the Octavio, doesn't it? Yeah, the, exactly. The yeah. Dunlop one with two knobs. Yeah, exactly. It's like a wedge that. of cheese. So they've got the Dresden Synth Fuzz Mark II, which oh. is a very synthy sounding octave. Well, two synthy sounding octave. Fuzzes that run in parallel, one yes! upper, one, one lower, yes. um, which is very, very cool. That, uh, but it now features a clean blend, so you don't lose all of your signal as soon as you turn it on. Um, the Utility Percolator Mark II, which we've is actually the improved... got, we've got the original Utility Percolator. Oh, from yeah, from them. Yeah. Oh, well, great. We should we should AB him because that pedal was wicked. We did a video on that quite a while ago now, and it was. Um... It was a great pedal, but they've added now added a ring modulation circuit for <laughs> octave and splattery overtones. That's actually, so this guy cool. was Tim was super knowledgeable on the original harmonic percolator, yeah, as well. Jay, he, we asked him, and he said basically no one's got. Yeah, the so because we because we were talking there. about we were talking about the fact that I've got a, a, a harmonic percolator, and he said. Uh, I said, I, I, like, I don't know much about it. Like, I can't find any info on it. Like, I, I, I think it's an original. And he just went, no, it's not. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? And he went, no, it's not. You've got one of the, like, you've got one of the reissues, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, he was he was super lovely. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really cool to talk to him about, yeah, a pedal that <laughs> I own and really don't know a huge amount about. But it does sound wicked. Um, and then the last one is, and I, I guess I'm going to pronounce this right, Versera. Um, Verserer is a highly tweakable recreation of East Germany's only distortion effect, the Bohm Trick Verser. This Using was a... this was what he was ta- sorry, Matty. This was what he was showing us when we were there talking with him. Yes, yeah, he has basically been sourcing old, um, weird fuzz pedals from, and well, just like kind of weird Russian stuff, and then he found this East German distortion effect and he's managed to track down the original transistors and diodes used and then recreated the circuit oh my god that's so awesome he's he's actually sending us these three they're gonna be nice. oh, amazing week, amazing so. so yeah i'm i'm super in super interested to see because i always see on ebay someone's always said you see it more on the synth side of things but these weird like 
old Russian synthesizers from like the 70s onwards. Because at that point, they basically couldn't have anything made anywhere else in the world. So they had to make their own. And they're all super weird. And they all use like crazy components. So they have like, they're not, they're not, they're only influenced in looks by the originals and they tend to have like a really unique character so it'd definitely be interesting to try that especially if he's recreated the circuit um as close to the original as possible extremely cool yeah i'll be well excited to see those and we'll, we'll report back more on them when we've actually heard them jay cross i thought we'd heard the last of fender <laughs> for, for new releases for a little while okay but no it is uh it's time for uh it's time for you guys to start talking about at least something that was uh, announced at NAM, the alternate reality powercaster. Yeah, so the alternate reality is essentially the um, parallel universe series, but made in Mexico this time right. around. So there was a, a bunch. The whole range was shown at NAM, and uh, same in the same way, in, in a similar way to what happened with the um, parallel universe. The guitars were all coming out month by month. Yeah. Oh, it's such a good idea. I'm so glad they're doing them in Mexico because that was the only thing with the parallel universe. It's they were, like, they these were expensive. really fun, but like, yeah, like, like 1,300, 1,500 mm-hmm. quid, that's like, that's quite a commitment. Whereas, like, if it's a Mexican thing and it's like seven, eight hundred pounds, yeah. it's like, yeah, you it can... is. But I, I also think it was, it was kind of testing the waters, like, how, yeah, how weird can, how weird can you push it? Yeah. And it's, it's, I guess it's less of a risk if you start with the kind of, the higher price point, you know, because yeah, you I guess so. Yeah, I guess. But um yeah, so the Powercaster is, is the first of the alternate reality series. Um really, really weird uh new body shape kind of offset. Um so yeah, it kind is kind of like a Jaguar Jazzmaster kind of, but a bit more with a um, sort of a bit more offset. A bit yeah. more Toronado y vibes. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. A bit more of a sort of cutaway on the lower horn. Sort of almost SGE lower horn and then jazz mastery upper horn. Mm, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. But um, yeah, it's it's a really really weird mashup of of different things. So it's got a P90 in the neck and an atomic hum bucket in the bridge. Classic. And I think uh, those is that the, is that the um, Tom DeLonge one? No, the I think was wasn't it um, developed for probably like the Toronado or something. I don't know. I think it was, but I seem to remember. I'll, let me do some research. I'll okay, you do, some, you. you do some research, Mark. Um, and it's got a uh, roasted maple neck, but a power ferro board, which is a really, ah, really that, weird combination. It's a weird. Yeah, I yeah. Would've, it would have been better because from the photos, because power ferro is much lighter. Yeah, than usually than rosewood. It sort of looks like it's one piece, and yeah. then you realise that it's not. And it's sort of considering they're already making like. Roasted maple, caramelized maple necks in Mexico for things like the Charvel. You would uh-huh. have thought they would have just done exactly the the same. Yeah, you you would have you would have thought that in this reality. However, in <laughs> in an alternate reality, uh, things are things are very different, Matt. Um, and the other the other thing that's really cool about this is it's twenty four and three quarter inch scale length, so kind of medium scale. Ooh, yeah, that's super uh, which cool. Is, I'm in. I which think it, they look wicked. It, I think it looks fantastic. It looks it looks really really cool. Um, uh, and th- three kind of uh, kooky colors as well. So there's um. Surf pearl, is it? No, surf green. Sorry, white opal and three color sunburst. You know that kooky color, three color sunburst. <laughs> um, Nick Reinhardt posted about him having one of these, and yes. he said he had an early model where it had a different name on the headstock. Yes, are you aware of that? What, I am aware what, of that. What yes, was the name Fastback was Fastback. the was the na- is the name that was on. I think I prefer Nick's one. the the that name. I like Powercaster. I mean, Powercaster sounds fantastic. Yeah, um, yeah. Fast back. So yeah, Nick. Uh, Nick got like because I saw one of the I saw one of the um, prototypes ages ago, and that's one of the ones that Nick's got. Um, is 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 that? But uh, but yeah, it just decided on they. A lot of them had different names. It was just you know when they're in prototype. Uh, when they're in the prototype stage, things often have kind of weird names. So yeah, that's where if, that came if from. it was me, I would take the neck pickup out and just have it as a single humbucker. 
Oh, that would actually look really cool. I think it would look great, yeah. Um, I, so Fender Toronado did indeed have the uh, Atomic Humbucker. And oh, okay. I, as far as I'm aware, that is the first appearance of that pickup. Oh, right, okay. Um, because I believe the... Uh, so that was in 1998. Um, and I can't think of a guitar before that that had them. So there we go. I really want one of those Toronados. They were... I always thought they were really, really cool guitars. Yeah, but this... Well, why don't you get a Powercaster, Matty? It's basically the same thing. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe I will. Maybe they should do it in pink. Now, podcast favourites, we've actually already mentioned them once uh, already on this podcast, Balaguer, because we're going to be building a Balaguer on a later episode. We've got to do that. Uh, when have we got to do that? We've got to do that in April now, Matt, because you're, you're, you're away busy. now. You're uh, yeah. S- it also just made me think that maybe they should start. A, do they have Build-A-Bear workshops in, in the USJ? <laughs> Because maybe they should just start a shop called Build a Balaguer and then you can literally just go in. Record your own voice messages that play through the guitar. I'm... My favourite book is Magazines. <laughs> <laughs> so Balaguer, oh. uh, Balaguer, this, this is much... <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, this isn't much to report on because we don't have an awful lot of information, but Balaguer have announced that they're going to be making an affordable standard series. And the word affordable is ridiculous when it comes to Balaguer because they offer essentially semi-custom-built guitars for as little as 1,300 USDs, which I already think of as being pretty affordable. Um, but yeah, they're going to be in this day and age. Well, yeah, in this yeah, Have especially you seen the exchange rate. <laughs> yeah, true. But anyway, they're going to be uh, releasing like a standard range of guitars, which look like they're kind of pretty like kind of safe-ish, functional, tasteful versions of the guitars that they offer. Um, they're going to be offering offering these with prices starting at six hundred and ninety-nine USDs. Stop saying USDs. <laughs> That's what Just it say is. dollars. Yeah, well, we could be talking about there are dollars used all over the yeah, world. But USDs. Yeah, you wouldn't say GBPs, would you? Well, why not? Oh, excuse me. How much is that sandwich? Oh, oh, oh here's five GBPs. Well, maybe I'll start. That sounds pretty good. <laughs> okay. But anyway, it will be really exciting to to um, to see like a, an even more affordable version of the uh, uh, of the. Uh, Balaguer's come out that like you know all, all the information that they're that they've pointed out about this about it undergoing a 46 point quality control check I mean I don't know if 46 is a is a lot or not a lot really that's that just sounds like a sort of a a number that that people use but these are one be- <laughs> check that the the e string is in tune two check that the a string is in tune three check I- that the d string is in tune four turn the volume knob Five. Check that the G string is in tune. Okay, I'm, I'm strings gonna, are never yeah. in tune. I, I, I'm gonna uh, cut cut you off there. Anyway, Matt Knight, <laughs> tell me about. Uh, talk you didn't to need him. to cut him off. He stopped. Yeah, he had stopped anyway. Uh, Matt, talk to me about T Rex. Um, so T Rex Engineering, the company that disappeared for literally an entire day. Um, <laughs> A Danish newspaper reported that T-Rex had gone bankrupt and everyone um, in the kind of guitar pedal world was sort of relatively shocked. company that had obviously had some great innovations, made some great pedals over the last um, sort of, tw- I think, 20 years, maybe? <laughs> 19, yeah, no, actually 1996, I think, the first Mud Honey came out. Um, and then obviously just kind of disappeared and gone bankrupt, no real reason why. And then the next day they were like, don't worry, we've bought the company back. Guess who's um, back? <laughs> back again. T-Rex, T-Rex is back. back. Tell a friend. Yeah, so T-Rex could, back. It, T-Rex <laughs> back. <laughs> it could be an incredible marketing um, activity. Oh, it's They're a like, great idea. They've definitely become very topical all of a sudden. I also uh, think in I, that day you probably had, they had quite a few replicator sales because... Well, I mean, I mean, I mean the, also, they in their press release they announced that they were carrying on with a reduced staff. So yeah, if that's it's, true. A, it I'm not all. sure it's great marketing. <laughs> Funny gag. Yeah, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure it was a what, what a great way to yeah. sort of market sacking people. Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing is, is things like a, a pedal that actually runs on a cassette tape, and then no one makes that cassette tape, so you have to manufacture your own and the everything else to go with it, isn't cheap. Um, and for a relatively small company, I'm sure that was probably quite hard on the business. And as they say, basically, the original founders have bought the company back. They've scaled back the staff because they couldn't really decide which way they wanted the company to go. 
Um, and they're obviously trying to go much more down maybe that kind of vintage route and creating something sort of far more interesting in the pedal world rather than trying to just mass manufacture a whole bunch of stuff they already do. Uh, so it'd definitely be interesting to see where they go next because obviously they did debut the Binson Echo Rec um, clone last year and it was one of the big things they were talking about at NAMM and they hadn't updated the blog since April last year. Um, unfortunately, I, I don't know whether maybe they're going to be like too late to the too late to the party with that now that Strymon have come out with the Volante. You know, trying to do something that's very, very Binson-esque. Um, but it will certainly be interesting to see where the company goes um, over I'm, the next over the next couple of years, I guess. I really should just buy a replicator. Yeah. What, they're, what? They're, they're very cool. I think actually the Junior is probably the better one to buy. But, yeah, but they're I mean, not I always thought the much cheaper. No, that's true. I mean, but I always thought the Mud Honey was one of was such a great distortion pedal. Mud Honey Two, um, actually, was really nice with the extra. The I, extra I just love the, the Bug series was always a bit. Yeah, they mm, weren't Tone Bug. They were not the great. Tone Bug. They what? were not great. But the 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 kind of the big box ones were really nice. What was their delay called? The replay. The little blue Rep- one. Replicate. No, 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 they did a. Oh, they did a whole bunch of like yeah. weird screen printed ones. Yeah, didn't they? they were cool. They were really good, really well built. But I really should the get a Creamer. That was one, wasn't it? Creamer was good. And do you remember they did that really good bass drive, the bass juice? Yeah, bass juice was like a go to for years for yeah. <laughs> when the only bass drive you could buy was the Boss ODB3. Yeah. And then suddenly there was the bass juice, which was about four times the money. But people were like, oh, it sounded oh, great, though. This is, it was cool sounds and good. vintage yeah. and it was in a cool cream chassis. I liked everything about that pedal. Yeah, classy. So, you know the replicator? Yeah. How does tape delay work? Do I need to buy another <laughs> tape? Is it going to fill up like when I'm recording off of the Is radio? Is it going to fill up <laughs> like when I'm recording off the radio? He's trying to get that top 40 down. <laughs> so he can, can listen to all the songs. He needs to pick up some broadcasting tips from Chris Evans. But I don't ever need to replace the tape, right? I mean, the tape will run out eventually. It, it will not run out. Not it run will, out. It will degrade. Yeah, it will deteriorate, which is probably what you want, though. Right, yeah, that sounds cool. But you don't, you, you don't you, just keep recording to it. It's not like a C ninety or whatever, where you've uh, got to like, you know, put the charts on there or whatever. You you record over the top of what you've recorded. Yeah. Although I oh actually I was looking at the website. I was like, oh, they only make the modular one now. That's crazy. Um, but then I've just realised that that's under their studio delay section, and under the regular delay section is the pedal version. Um, Very but they, cool. Yeah, I'm. I mean, again, I think they've made some cool pedals. Maybe some potentially wrong choices down the line. Releasing a 600, 700 euro euro rack module that runs on actual tape delay is cool, but I don't think that many people are like no going to buy buy those. But they they made some cool octave pedals actually. The Octavus and the Quint machine were uh, two really really cool. Um, like octave pedal well the octavus was a high octave low octave with a boost and the quint machine was two fifths a fifth below and a fifth above which is quite cool but then cool. they they had the the soulmates which were kind of never really took off they were like the more expensive uh fly rig and then they had a wire which and if i remember I've, the wire was there's like a soulmate at, GAC at the moment it's massive yeah, they're ridiculous. What and was I think the um, wire was like six hundred quid? What was the valve-driven reverb that they did in the pedal? Alberta. No, no, that wasn't valve. That wasn't valve-driven. It was called, wasn't the, it? No, no. The Alberta was a oh, blue that. drive pedal. The reverb was. Ah, we, I, I feel like it was in the quiz. Not, are you sure it's not the Cole Martin Headspace? The, the, no, 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 no. There's a T-Rex valve. I reverb. think we talked. I think we talked about it in one of the quizzes recently. The roommate. The roommate. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. roommate. Yeah. That was really good. I remember that sounding excellent. Because yeah. they were one of the. They were one of the. When I spe- when I started working again, I remember them as one of the first like boutique. Yeah, definitely. I remember brands. we we got them in and it was like, oh Denmark. Yeah. yeah like, oh the mud honey. <laughs> wow, and a di- a different drive pedal that isn't a. Because actually, for a, a while, it was the what dro- delay pedal was it that they did that basically every the replicator. Gilmore, was it? It was the replicator. Yeah. No. No. The replica. 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 Yeah. Uh, T Rex replica, which was the one that everyone wanted. It's the brown one, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Right, yeah. I I wanted them for a while. It was great. Yeah, and then yeah. they had the reptile as well. Was the slightly later one? 
Yeah, and then um, they also had a really good. They had like a snakeskin vibe pedal, which I think they just yeah. Oh, that three. hasn't been in the range for ages. But that, I remember that being really good. That was one of the best. Yeah, uni vibes. But when I and was of course this- all their all their power supplies as well. You know, the fuel tank stuff I think was pretty game changing at the time. Yeah, very. Uh, yeah. It, was, yeah. it was one of the first readily available yeah. um you know really power supply power units supplies. which i don't know if you know this about me but i'm a big fan of the old power <laughs> supplies let me tell you well t-rex are back so hopefully there'll be more power supply innovation coming I, up i hope so T- nikola tesla bring it on they are indeed well that is it for us here on the regular episode of the guitar nerds podcast we'll be continuing over on the patreon episode of the podcast where for as little as one dollar a month you can support the podcast one dollar a month gets you the regular episode ad free and early five dollars a month gets you the patreon episode and all the mini series stuff and think oh God, it's, it, all i can hear is echo matt yeah it's echoing quite a lot can you like move away from the mic for a sec while joe I'm, does i'm like i'm like really far i'm much far i'm leaning like back so i'm not talking to the microphone so i'll just have to just dip i'll just dip it down when i'm not talking okay i'll do this again <clears throat> Well, that's it for us here on the regular episode of the Guitar Nerds podcast. We'll be continuing over on the Patreon episode, where from as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast. $1 a month gets you the regular episode ad-free and early. $5 a month uh, gets you the Patreon episode and the new Hall of Fame series. And $10 a month makes you one of our executive producers and gets your name read out in one breath by me. <clears throat> Go on, help me out. I still made it. What is going on? What are doing? Why did he just go pop pop pop? Oh, goodness. Okay, right, fine. Uh, we made it through. God. All right, all right. We're there, we're there. Oh, good uh, lord. Okay, okay, it's fine. We've made it. All right. That's it for us. Here <laughs> okay, thank you. Bye bye. We'll see you next week. Bye bye bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.